if you take your water and you like gurgle it and you're like oh, water mm-hmm. and you drink it num, 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 water you know and you're making it really fun and then you hand it to them they're going to be more apt to repeat that word after you You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am joined by speech and language experts, Brooke and Bridget, who you probably know better as Speech Sisters on Instagram. Brooke and Bridget are certified speech therapists, and they have an incredible platform dedicated to getting your child talking. This is a really cool episode, you guys. I'm so excited to share it with you. So their Instagram page is full of easy tips and tools to use in your daily routines. They have two online courses to help your child meet communication milestones, lay a strong speech and language foundation, have confidence in your child's development, and more. And today I had the chance to talk to them all about what new moms can do to help their little ones with language development right from birth because it's actually more than you'd probably think. So inside the episode, you'll hear us talk about key things moms can do right from birth, the role of baby sign language in early communication, examples of how to incorporate these things into daily routines, very early speech and language development, milestones to be on the lookout for, and lots more. So without giving it all away, let's hear from Brooke and Bridget. Interested in the possibility of an unmedicated birth? Make sure to grab my totally free natural birth prep pack. It's full of free printable resources to help you start preparing for your even better birth. Inside the pack, you'll get access to our super popular hospital bag checklist so that you know your hospital bag is stocked with everything you need for the big day, traditional and visual birth plan templates to help you think through all the questions related to your birth, and gain the sense of control that you deserve. Exclusive MLN birth affirmation cards, one of my favorite ways to tap into that mental strength during a natural birth, especially during natural birth. And finally, a third trimester to-do list to feel completely at ease heading into labor, knowing you've checked every box. To grab all of this for free, simply head over to mommylabornurse.com slash natural pack. That's mommylabornurse.com slash natural pack to access your free natural birth prep pack today. Hi, Brooke and Bridget. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today with me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourselves and where you're from, what you ate for breakfast, anything you want to share at all? (laughs) Well, I had a smoothie for breakfast. Yum. (laughs) 
So we are speech and language pathologists. We are mothers to five kids in total. I have three, Bridget has two, and we actually are sisters. Mm -hmm. We live in Southern California and we have a private practice here, which we have owned and operated for 10 years. And a couple of years ago, about three years ago, we decided that we wanted to reach more parents. And so we started an Instagram platform called Speech Sisters. And over the years, we've developed a couple of online courses and our Instagram following has grown and we are kind of living our dream where we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, Bridget, what did you have for breakfast? What did I have for breakfast? Good question. <laughs> did I eat breakfast? No, I did. I did. Breakfast is very important, especially for, for mamas out there who are grinding. I had a piece of toast with avocado and egg. Yum. And that Trader Joe's salt, that like the everything yes. bagel salt. Oh yeah, I got that in my that for life. Like that yes. is everything. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, we are going to be talking about all things that you guys are an experts today. Expert experts in today. But my pre my audience is pregnant, so I figured we would kind of talk more like beginning, beginning newborn stuff. So I wanted to ask you this first question, like what are some key things that moms can do from birth? Like once that baby pops out of you, are there even any things that you can do? Like, you know, you think, oh, my kid's not talking until they get older. There's nothing really that I can do. But apparently there are some things that you can do to foster that language development. There's so much that you can do. And I think that is Brooke and I, you know, we like she said, we have five little ones and all of them were early communicators. And I think that the reason why is because literally we were talking with them, talking to them, engaging back and forth with them from day one. Like it is never too soon to get started. And that is why, you know, we had that course for toddlers when parents are, are getting worried and they are, you know, looking into speech therapy or and worried about those milestones. But we're like, you know what, let's make something, let's make a resource for parents and let's put information out there on how they can be proactive yeah, and yeah. really, you know, get in front of it and really work on these things from day one. And there's so much that you can do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So are there any like, okay, if I hold them this way, this is a good intervention. Or if I talk to them about this, like this is a good intervention. Are there any like really concrete things that you can actually do? There absolutely are. You always, well, not always, but as much as you can, you want your baby from a very early age, you want them to face you and to, mm. so they can see your facial expressions and they can see how you move your mouth to talk because they really will tap into that. Um, they've got those mirror neurons that are, are real things and they kind of mimic you without even knowing that they're doing it. Also, talking in that parent ease voice, that kind of mm. sing-songy, exaggerated speaking style. Babies love this and it really grasps their attention. And there is research out there that shows that they will learn more language when you speak to your baby in this way. And then just talking, just talking to them. And it, it can, I remember with my first thinking, and as a speech therapist, I remember thinking when she was a newborn, like it felt weird to talk to her because she was yeah. just too, so small. And, but I talked about 
everything we did. And, you know, and I did it in a simplistic way. And I used my parents' voice. And, you know, like Bridget said, I mean, she was so early to talk. And, you know, there really is so, so much that you can do as a parent. It's just knowing, knowing the things, right, that we're not trained in that. Yeah. And I think too, another really important thing is when your little one starts vocalizing, right? When they start cooing, which happens very early on, you want to make noise back at them, coo back at them. When your baby starts babbling, babble back at them. You want to have that back and forth reciprocity because that's the beginning of communication. So even if you're not saying real words and your baby says, ah, you go. Ah. Mm. And then see if your baby will go back and forth with you. If, or if they say that, 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 then you say that, 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 and then try to go back and forth with your baby because that's when they go, whoa, I just made a noise or mom or dad just made it back at me. And that is so cool. And now I want to make it again. And that's the beginning of like the early stages of conversation, really. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. I'm like, now I'm like, was I even doing that? Like, that makes a lot of sense though. Like, yeah, that, that, no, that makes total sense. Well, let's talk about sign language because I know that is more popular. I think now because people are like, oh, this is a way to communicate with my baby earlier than I thought. So what are your opinions, I guess, on sign language and how does sign language kind of play all into this? We say go for it. Research supports that, you know, sign language will not delay a baby's verbal expression. It will actually increase it. Yeah. And it can certainly help with any frustration if a child isn't communicating. So we are advocates for it. We say go with it. If the intent is for your child to be verbal, you always want to pair that sign with the word, you know, because ultimately you want them to speak and and not just sign if that is your intention, of course, but (laughs) research says go for it. We say go for it. We did it with our own kids and it's very helpful. Cool. And also using gestures Mm. that can be really helpful. So, you know, if you are saying like hot and you're kind of like fanning yourself off, oh, it's hot. Or maybe you are, I don't know, saying something is big and you open your arms really, really wide and say it's big. And that really helps a child connect meaning to the word as well. Yeah. So we do a lot of that too. I love it. So kind of the more extravagant you can talk with your hands and and, and your voice your up and down it. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I love it well I know you guys talk a lot about incorporating language development techniques and baby sign language into kind of your everyday routines we already talked about this a little bit but can you just share a couple of examples like is there anything I can do while I'm changing my baby's diaper or while I'm cooking dinner or I don't know <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. This is kind of our MO. We are all about just very simply building in these language strategies to what you do every day because, you know, parents, you shouldn't have to sit down and like teach your baby how to talk or, you know, kind of have that more therapeutic routine. That's, that's not what it's about. It's really about during those everyday routines that you are doing multiple times a day, like changing a diaper incorporate the same language every time you do it, whether it's Mm. singing a familiar song, talk to your baby about what you're doing. So diaper off, 
off. Mm -hmm. Now let's put the diaper on, mm -hmm. um, make it fun, make it silly, make it playful and keep it the same each time. And guess what? They are going to learn that language. They're going to expect it and they will learn the words, the words sooner. So you can really do it during every routine, anything you're doing every day, mealtime, bath time, diaper changing time, bedtime. We, we are huge proponents of this. Yeah, that is when to do it. That's our whole MO. Like Brooke said, it's because we are busy moms and we're like, it's not practical for parents to sit down and do speech therapy. Okay, now it's 30 minutes to do speech therapy. It's like no one's going to, That's it's not something that you could sustain. But what you are doing every day is getting your child dressed. Yeah. And when you just kind of incorporate those same words and same phrases every single day, over time, once your child starts gathering some words, you might say, let's put your shirt. Mm -hmm. And then you wait and they might start saying, on and you say yay let's put your shirt on and getting them to talk um there's so many different ways that you can go about encouraging your child to talk during those routines and it becomes natural and you don't even have to overthink it and that's that is our whole theory and yeah. why we created what we created for yeah. busy parents out there yeah that makes total sense and it makes me feel as a parent like less overwhelmed thinking oh wait a second uh, I have to, I have to add this into my day where I'm, I'm, I'm working with my child. Like, no, you just do these things while you're taking care of your child anyway. Yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think as parents, you know, we're like, okay, oh my gosh, I didn't sit down and like play with my child for 15 minutes today. <laughs> and like, we all get guilt and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, no, we, we're not about that. We're about, you know, teaching you how to teach your child during those things that you're, you're going to do anyways. Yeah. And your child's going to love it. And you're going to have that connection and you don't have to carve out that extra time or feel guilty about it. Well, I'm going to ask you a weird question. So is there any research that supports things moms can do like during pregnancy to encourage language language development like i don't know are the the whole playing music in utero like does that have anything to do with language development or is is this just like not something <laughs> that is a thing is there nothing that you can do I mean, they say that it's beneficial to like play music or even talk to your baby or read to your baby. Yeah, you can do that and that they can hear you. I mean, I don't think that a child's going to like start recognizing words. The yeah. <laughs> research isn't quite there yet. I and mean, if it is, then that would be amazing. But I think that there are definitely benefits to your child hearing your voice and hearing conversation and hearing your the prosody, the up and down of your voice and that parent eats voice because it is kind of attention grabbing. And then when they come out and they're born, it, they recognize it. Yeah. It's more making them like comfortable with it and knowing you before you actually even lay eyes on them. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also getting you to kind of practice what you're going to be doing with baby after they come out too. So it probably gets you like a little bit more familiar with using the voice and reading a book. Let's read a book to my belly. <laughs> you know? yes. yes. Which is easier for some people than others. That wasn't probably so for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, still, yeah. I mean, you Go know, it's it. something to do. Right. Right. Yes. So what are some of the earliest speech milestones or language you know, development milestones that moms can be on the lookout for. Like I'm talking early, early, like a couple months. Cause I know there's some things, right? 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure, you know, that your baby is starting to like look in the direction of sound. Mm -hmm. That's really important. So that's in the area of receptive language. And we want to make sure that they can hear and that they're kind of responding and localizing to Mm -hmm. certain sounds. That's very important. Mm -hmm. You know, that cooing starts within those first few months. And that's when a baby's just kind of going like, Ah, and making those like coos and goos. Mm -hmm. And that's really important too. We want to make sure that we're hearing cooing and that the cooing is moving into babbling because it is a hierarchy. And we want to make sure those vocalizations are happening because a child's just like quiet all the time. They're not going to just all of a sudden, if they're not cooing and they're not babbling, they're not going to just all of a sudden start talking. They need to go through certain steps to be able to progress and meet all of those milestones. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, those are for sure the earliest things. Also, you know, in the area of receptive language, as the baby gets closer to like six months, they might start to recognize certain words from six to eight months. Like you might say, where's daddy? And like, they might start to look in that direction Mm. of dad or, you know, anything really familiar, your bottle or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, that even can happen at like four months sometimes. Like I remember holding Stella when she was, gosh, maybe we were in Florida and I think she was like three and a half months old or even four months. And I was like, hat. And I had a hat on and she kept bringing her eyes up to my hat. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, Brooke, come here. And I was like, watch hat. And she'd bring her little eyes. And I was like, she knows what a flipping hat is. She's a genius. She's so cool. Yes. She's like, she's a genius. Yes. Like she's, she's four months old and she knows what a hat is. But why did she know what a hat is? Because I repeated that word to her over and over again, because I showed her the hat because I pointed at it over and over during our daily routine. So it does, that really can happen. Yeah, that's right. And ultimately, we just want parents to be aware of those receptive and expressive milestones. So those, you know, communication milestones in general, because you want to make sure your child is within the range and there always is a range, but you won't know if they're falling behind unless you're familiar with what they're expected to do, you know, within a certain age range. So it is, it is really important. And we actually have a a milestone checklist Oh, cool! that we provide for free. And so any listeners out there could, can find it on our website or um, in the link in bio and our Instagram. We'll link it in the show notes page too, for people to check out. Yeah. And another, you know, really important one in that three to six month range is making sure a baby's watching your face when you're talking to them. Like we were saying, you know, when you're using that parentese voice, when you're exaggerating those sounds or cooing back at them, are they watching your face? Are they watching your mouth? Are they looking at your eyes? Mm -hmm. That's really important. We want them doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cueing in on it. Yeah. Yeah. And smiling, you know, having a little bit of showing happiness and that they're kind of interested in your voice, you know, or in your face. That's, that's some big stuff. Yeah. It seems simple, but that connection. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and especially it's great for second and third and, you know, however many babies when they first start smiling and when they first, you know, that first laugh. But I remember how how cool it is with your first baby when they go through those progressions. They're like, oh, they're starting to smile. And it's like, 
oh, I know that laughing is eventually going to come, but it is cool to see the progression. It's very cool. Yeah. There's nothing better. I know. And it goes so fast. I know. It's very, it's so sad. It's, it's so great, but it's also so sad. In a I lot know. Of ways. It is. <laughs> Well, do you guys have any tips to help moms feel a little bit less anxious about speech development? Because I know, especially now that, you know, everybody's on the internet and on Instagram, like you compare your baby with somebody else's baby. And I know I've texted you guys about my younger one versus my older one, like comparing my two kids. Mm -hmm. So any, any tips for moms? like me <laughs> or moms out there who are just anxious about their kiddos like oh my gosh is my kid on track or what's going on i think we always say give yourself grace and you know what you are going to compare because it is human nature to do that so yeah. in a way allow yourself to and forgive yourself for doing it because it's okay and it's normal and natural but also know that your child is is on his or her own path right and yeah. and that might look different than your best friend's child or his older sibling and again, just being aware of kind of those milestones and being on top of it so that if your child is falling behind or if you are concerned that you can bring it up with your pediatrician or perhaps, you know, get an evaluation from a speech and language therapist, the earlier you're able to identify any delay, the better. Early intervention is key and it's not something to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. There are millions of children out there with communication delays and so many other delays. And really the best thing you can do for your child if your child is delayed is to acknowledge it, accept it, and get them the help that they need. We always say too, your child's capabilities are not measured in milestones. Mm. So it's kind of a, a strong quote, like your child is capable of so much. Your child has so many strengths. And like, although they might not be meeting these milestones, like there are so many other amazing things that your child's doing and capable of. So we always follow that up with meet your child where they're at and help them from there. And that's why we have the resources that we have because you know we don't want there to be shame around it. Like Brooke said, every child's on their own unique path and journey and every child's different. Mm -hmm. And it's just important as parents that we know what to do to meet our child where they are at and help them progress from there. Yeah, love it. Oh, see, you guys just make me feel so good. <laughs> All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, this one says, hi there. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your natural series course. It totally made me feel more educated and safe as a first-time mom. I delivered June 2nd and labored unmedicated to 10 centimeters over 16 hours. I then was rushed for an emergency C-section after baby's heart rate dropped. However, I am totally at peace with the experience thanks to taking your course. Oh, I love that. I don't love that you had to be crushed for an emergency C-section because that can be really, really scary. But I love that you came away from it at peace because so often that's not the case with patients that we have. They don't know what's going on and they have some trauma as a result. So I love that you felt informed and this situation happened that you weren't expecting but you were able to come away with it at peace, like you said. Are you interested in birthing without an epidural? 
Did you know that simply wanting a natural birth isn't always enough? Many mamas fall into the trap of wanting a natural birth without fully preparing for a natural birth. And often that results in an epidural and plenty of disappointment. And girl, there is nothing wrong with having an epidural. Okay, let's be clear. But if your dream is to go natural, you need straightforward birth education so you know exactly what it takes. Birth It Up, the natural series will help you feel and stay confident and in control during your unmedicated birth. It's simple. Access the class, erase the unknowns, and get ready to rock your natural birth. To learn more, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Well, I have a last question before we kind of wrap up. What was it like personally having your own children as speech pathologist, especially in those first first years. And was there any like real advice that stands out after having gone through it yourself? Like, do you feel like you were different, you practiced differently or anything changed like after having kiddos yourself? I know personally, as a labor and delivery nurse, my practice certainly changed after becoming a mom myself because I could have a lot more empathy for somebody giving birth. Sure, <laughs> I, say I wasn't a bad, you know, labor and delivery nurse before, but it just, you know, gives you gives you some perspective and you can relate a little bit more. 100%. I think, you know, again, with that, especially with your first baby, you're just, you're focused on so many different things. Like I have to say for me, I mean, of course I wanted her to be verbal and, you know, talk so much and whatever, but I had to get through like sleep and feeding and all the other things. And, And there are so many things on your plate as a new mom. And so once you get to that spot where you're where you're kind of cruising, you know, like for me, I felt like it was like the three month mark. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, we just, I I think as a speech therapist, you, you talk to your child with the intent of building their language kind of without realizing it, because that is what we are taught to do in school. And that's what we do in our working with our clients all the time. So, you know, both Bridget and I, we just for sure naturally, you know, talk to our clients that way, but Bridget, I think you could kind of share because we developed our our programs, our online courses around the time that Stella was a baby. So we really implemented our specific strategies with Stella, who's the youngest of the five kids. And you can talk. I mean, all the kids were early talkers, but it's really interesting. Like, because we use those strategies. She was like our guinea pig, right? Yeah. Yes. And it was really crazy. Like, yes, you're right. All of our children were early communicators, but like she was just on fire because I think we were so cognizant of using all of those strategies all of the time. And I literally was like, you know what? I'm just going to implement everything that we're teaching parents to do with her. And what happened was like, I mean, oh my gosh, she just really soared. Like, I want to say by like 14 months, I think she was saying like 250 words. Oh, like it was wild. It was like crazy, 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 like very, very crazy. And we're like, oh my gosh, like this is not that we didn't know that it worked, but, and obviously it's going to work different for every child out there and every family out there. But we're like, dang, like everybody needs to know this because this wasn't hard. Like, I think a lot of people also say like, well, it's because you're a speech therapist. So that's why it's easy for you. And it's like, no. Definitely not. Like it's just it we believe that any parent is capable of doing 
those little simple tweaks to build your child's language and speak with them, speak with them with the intention of building their language. It really can make a huge difference. And it was nice to have a child who could communicate early on. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it does. It can make it a lot easier. Like the obviously you're still going to get like behaviors every now and again, it doesn't solve it, but it does make it better when you can say, can you tell me, you know, and Mm -hmm. have them actually be able to voice their wants and needs. The whole thing is whether a child can speak or even verbally or even non-verbally, our whole thing is to teach parents how to get your child communicating with you in some way, shape or form, whether it's verbal or non-verbal to get their needs and wants met. That's the most important thing. It's not learning numbers and colors and all of that from the beginning. That can come later. That is important. But what's most important is that your child learns and knows these words that can help them get something that they need or get something that they want from you because that's usually when their frustration will set in. Yeah. So what tools and words can we give them to help decrease that frustration, which then in turn will decrease your frustration as a parent. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> cause I get frustrated a lot, especially with yes. my little one. Cause he's, you know, less, he talks a lot less than my older one did. And I remember like with Walter, with my older one, just him communicating so well from the beginning and there were plenty of days that he just didn't cry and he was just so easygoing and no problem and you know a lot of it has to do with personality like Rylan's a lot more just easygoing is not like that's not in his (laughs) personality at all he's just not easygoing and Walter is um but yeah Walter was able to communicate a lot earlier and that made it easier for him and he didn't get frustrated and it also made it easier for me because I didn't get frustrated and with Rylan it's just a little bit harder we just have a little harder time communicating with each other we all have that yeah (laughs) we do even my son who my middle son you know my daughter was so verbal and very articulate, like had amazing articulation from an early age. And then my son, also very verbal, couldn't understand a thing he said. And I thought, gosh, I did nothing different. Like I did everything the same, but again, every child is their own child. And he just had a lot of those like typical errors for like a little guy for a two and a half year old, but they, he just had a lot of them. And so he was really difficult to understand. So like even being a speech therapist, I couldn't, I couldn't prevent that, right? Yeah. I did help to fix it by really over-exaggerating sounds and and doing all these things. But it just goes to show you that like every kid is so different and you have the same two parents, but they can be just completely opposite. And so it's it's all good. And Mm. comparison is the thief of joy. So you just have to accept your child and, and, and just go with them, move with them on the path that they're on. Yeah. Love it. Well, before we wrap up, I just thought of something, a tip that I saw on y'all's page that really resonated with me because I feel like we always fall into the trap of, especially with Rylan now that he's, well, I almost said 15 months. Oh my gosh. No, he's not 15 months. He's almost two. I always would say, hey, say say milk. Can you say this? Can you say this? And I love that you guys are like, no, you don't even have to do that. You just talk and they will repeat after you. Yes. Yeah. So you just, we always say, you say that word, you know, say that word over and over again. Yeah. There are some kids that like the, if you say, say this, they'll say it like Stella. I would be like, Stella, say this. And she would say it every single time she was a parrot and I loved it, but (laughs) you know, cause that's nice sometimes, but a lot of kids 
will really get deterred and like want to move away from the situation and elope and and not verbalize at all and it will have the reverse effect so we always say to parents you know make it fun no pressure once we put talking pressure and we're like yeah say water say water say water you know they're like oh I'm not saying water no way (laughs) yeah whereas like if you take your water and you like gurgle it and you're like water Mm -hmm. and you drink it water you know and you're making it really fun and then you hand it to them they're going to be more apt to repeat that word after you well guys where can we connect with you on instagram and your website and tell me a little bit about your courses too because i know you guys have fabulous courses so you can find us our website is just speechsisters.com and on instagram we're at speech sisters and yes we do have two courses we have a course for parents of babies newborn to about 14 months this is called talk on track and really it's exactly that it's sharing tons of strategies and tips about how to get your baby to talk on track and to meet those early language milestones. And then our second course is for parents of toddlers age 14, 15 months to about 36 months. It's called Time to Talk. And again, still really getting in there and helping your child become more expressive, um, just following kind of a roadmap of what you can do at home during your everyday routines to, to get them there. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you guys, Brooke and Bridget. This was fabulous. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. This was great. So great. Thank you. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.